lawyers that represented Carrie Lake in her election challenge lawsuits in the state of Arizona, well, they are now, thanks to a ruling from the Arizona Supreme Court Disciplinary Panel, going to face actions from the state bar of the state of Arizona. So here's what happened. The the Arizona State Supreme Court, their disciplinary panel, which is a separate group that they set up to look at what's going on, make sure lawyers are operating within the parameters of the law. And they finally, after investigating, decided that the claims that Carrie Lake's lawyers made, because they claimed that these were statements of fact, and that is like, that is the key here. The statements of fact that they made were totally false, pretty much fabricated, and therefore the state bar has no choice but to launch these disciplinary hearings into what to do about these lawyers. Now, let me read you this. This is from Raw Story. Uh, Arizona Supreme Court Attorney Disciplinary Panel on December 8th found probable cause to take formal formal action against Brian Blem, a Scottsdale divorce lawyer, and Kurt Olson, an employment attorney from Washington, D.C., who represented Lake in her attempt to overturn the results of the election. Another Lake attorney, Andrew Parker, who, along with Olson, represented Lake and former Secretary of State candidate Mark Fincham in a 2022 lawsuit during which they challenged the use of ballot tabulating machines, was also the subject of a probable cause order. The probable cause order clears the way for the state bar to file formal complaints against the trio, which would be overseen by a judge who handles attorney disciplinary matters. Now, uh, Blim and Olson had already been ordered, you know, way, way back. And I talked about it at the time to pay $2,000, $2,000 in sanctions for filing these frivolous lawsuits. But here's, here's the key here in the lawsuit. They said that it was a statement of fact that 35,000 ballots were improperly inserted into the final vote count in Arizona, which of course would have given, given Carrie Lake the victory, but they said it was a fact that 35,000 ballots were inserted. And then repeatedly during appeal, during lawsuit, appeal of that new lawsuit, everything else failed to show any evidence suggesting that any of that ever happened. So the disciplinary panel at the Supreme court said, you made this claim as a statement of fact, and then you didn't back it up. So, so you lied in court, you know, lawyers are not allowed to lie in court, just like the defendants, just like the plaintiffs, the lawyers can also not make false statements of fact. So because they did that, according to the disciplinary panel, they now have probable cause to believe that, you know, something happened. We got to look into this. Um, there's also another one that Blem is facing because Blem claimed in a post on social media on Twitter. Um, I gotta read this This again from raw story. Uh, on August 12th, he accused the CIA and department of justice of conspiring to coerce the Arizona Supreme court into creating a misinformation board. The purpose of that board he contended was to deter attorneys from bringing legitimate election fraud claims and ultimately prevent Donald Trump from being reelected president in 2020. He says he has proof of this claim, but he can't show us the proof because you know, he may need it for a future lawsuit. That's what he said. That's what he's told the court. Like, oh, I t- can totally show you that the CIA and the DOJ were involved in this, 
but you know, I, I, I don't want to show you now I'm going to use it later on in another lawsuit, even though I could lose my license if I don't show it to you. He's, he's not showing it because he's saving it. He's not showing it because it doesn't exist. That's what we're dealing with here. Now, the only thing about this story that bothers me is that nothing happens to Carrie Lake. Now I get that these lawyers should have just laughed at her when she came to their office or called up their offices saying, Hey, would you do this? So yes, they do share a huge part of the blame for going along with it, but they wouldn't have done it if she hadn't like hired them to do it. So why is she get off? Like, that's not okay. The, the, the plaintiff needs to also face some of these disciplinary actions. I know they can't take her law license away because she doesn't have one, but I think at this point, you know, severe sanctions against her for doing this in the first place, she should face discipline just like the lawyers are going to face. This week, shortly before the Republicans headed over to the House of Representatives to unanimously vote to go forward with the formal impeachment inquiry into President Biden. Uh, before that happened, they wanted to take some time to talk to the press, right? You know, we got to get some, some camera time in here so everybody knows how cool we are. So you had James Comer, you had Jim Jordan, and then off to the side, you got Marjorie Taylor Greene kind of keeping her mouth shut for a little bit. And Jim Jordan, Comer, they're both taking questions from the press, but Jim Jordan, who by the way, looked like he was having a ball, suddenly became stone-faced when Marjorie Taylor Greene interrupted, causing Jordan to just say, all right, I'm out of here. Bye. And run off like a scared little child. If you haven't seen it, here is the clip. Jim Jordan basically getting tired of Marjorie Taylor Greene's conspiracies and running away. Here he is. There's a process you have to follow. You have to file a report. So we will begin looking at that. Um, both uh, the lawyers for the Oversight Committee and the lawyers for the Judiciary Committee will move in that direction. But look, when Congress asks you to come, you're supposed to come and, uh, and co- come and testify. Devin Archer. Last thing, we also found checks from one of Hunter Biden's shell companies that were going into a, an account for Joe Biden. But they they said that was a loan repayment. Oh yeah, everything's a loan repayment. Well, the, well, the pre- why did Hunter was, Biden will have an opportunity in deposition to come that in was and explain that. in emails that we that you guys leaked from Hunter Biden's laptop. Thank you. I would like to have asked Hunter Biden about man act violations. Sex trafficking women across the Thank you all very much. Thank you. That would have been a good question. You don't seem to care about that. Now in all fairness, I, I think Jim Jordan's response there was actually the best response. Actually, no, you know what? I take that back. That should have been like the second thought that came into your head. The first thought would have been to have said, Marjorie, you're, you're nuts. Okay. You're saying crazy things that there is no evidence of. There's not even allegations of this crazy, weird sex life stuff you're trying to bring up. Would you shut the hell up and get out of here so that we can talk business? But no, now Marjorie Taylor Greene, thankfully, made them all look crazy. Because even prior to Marjorie Taylor Greene butting in, you could see them answering their questions and they're, you know, they're happy. Jim Jordan's smiling. He's got a little tongue thing going there. It's really weird. And then Marjorie Taylor Greene starts and they're like, ah, oh, shucks. Because she showed the world what the Republicans are. Now, it's bad enough 
that y'all don't have any evidence. And by the way, even some of the Republicans who did vote for the inquiry, which again, 100% of the Republicans in the house voted for this. There was not a single Republican defection, but even some of those who voted for it have admitted after the fact and some before the fact that, yeah, we don't have any evidence at all. Like we, we have nothing whatsoever. There's no evidence of high crimes and or misdemeanors. So we just going to do it for the sake of doing it. And Marjorie Taylor Greene chiming in with her idiotic little conspiracy theory, uh, theory there that shows us all that like, this is, this is nuts. Like you can't even call it a fishing expedition at this point, because that's too tame. This is crazy town. The house of representatives has had failure after failure after failure this year, right? You know, looming government shutdowns three times this year because they can't get their crap together. Ousting speaker McCarthy, taking three weeks to find a new speaker, hell taking two, three weeks to even get McCarthy to be speaker at the beginning of the year. It's a total crap show. They haven't passed any legislation to make your life better, to make my life better, to do anything to benefit Americans. And here they are pushing this impeachment using absolutely batshit crazy conspiracy theories like Marjorie Taylor Greene pointed out there. So Jim Jordan, I guess if you weren't going to call her out, yeah, the best thing to do is literally run away, but the damage was done and Greene showed the whole world how crazy this whole thing really is. In what might be the ultimate act of projection, like the biggest projection we have ever seen from Donald Trump himself. This week, he told a crowd in Iowa that it is in fact the Democrats who are the ones trying to violate the constitution to hang on to power. You know, literally the thing Donald Trump has a felony charge against him for trying to do. No, 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 no. Tis the Democrats what done it. Let me read you what he said at this rally in Iowa. And for the record, yeah, the crowd went wild. Crooked Joe Biden and the far left lunatics are desperate to stop us by any means necessary. They're willing to violate the U.S. constitutions at levels never seen before in order to win an election. They're weaponizing law enforcement for high level election interference because they're just losing so badly at the polls. Now, you know, my thoughts on the polls, even the polls that came out this week saying Biden's now losing to Trump in seven swing States. Yeah. Read to the bottom of that poll has a margin of error of six points, which is literally the worst margin of error I have ever seen in a poll in 20 years of doing this. So to hell with your polls. They don't mean a damn thing, but back to the big part, tis the Democrats that are out there shredding the constitution. You know, Mediate pointed out the fact that it was just a year ago when Donald Trump literally called, uh, for the just absolute railroading of the rules of the constitution so that he could keep playing president a year ago, Trump posted this on truth social. Do you throw the presidential election results of 2020 out and declare the rightful winner? Or do you have a new election? A massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the constitution. 
So a year ago, Donald Trump was literally calling to just ignore the constitution, throw out the articles. He says, I mean, he literally mentions the articles, get rid of the whole damn document so that I can keep playing president. And now today, because I'm sure his supporters have either totally forgotten about that statement or they just simply don't care. Uh, but today he's saying, Hey, it's the Democrats, man. They don't even care about the constitution. What are we going to do with these people? They're weaponizing law enforcement, which of course means I have no choice, but to do the same thing when I take office, because I've already pledged to investigate Biden and Hillary Clinton and all of Biden's family. And I'm going to charge Barack Obama with murder. He said over the weekend, like you're literally pledging to shred the constitution. You did it last year. You're still pledging it today. You want to be your dictator. Okay. You, you want to weaponize our justice system to take out your perceived political enemies, but it's, it's the Democrats that actually don't care about the constitution. Right now, what bugs me about statements like this is that nobody in that crowd pushes back. Everybody that was there believes everything he said, and they're going to leave there. They're going to tell their Trump loving friends, Hey, it's the Democrats doing this and so on and so forth. And it becomes this, you know, meme, I guess, within the Republican party. And they all believe these things just because Trump says it. There's no facts to back it up. I mean, the facts literally tell us the exact opposite is true, but that's not what's going to be shared with these idiots. They're going to go on and believe these stupid things from a very stupid man. And it just perpetuates itself. Maybe forever. I don't know. So it's been a little over a week since Donald Trump went on Sean Hannity's program for his poorly rated town hall, by the way. And, uh, of course, during that time, it's when Donald Trump made his pledge that he wants to be dictator for just one day. This past weekend, of course, Donald Trump reiterated that claim in a speech at the New York Young Republicans Gala, where he said, I want to be dictator just for one day. So now that we've had some time, now that the dust has settled on that, the question is, what do Donald Trump's supporters Think of him saying he's going to be a dictator, right? We're going to get rid of our Republic. We're going to get rid of our representative democracy and it's going to be a dictatorship. And let's be honest, anybody who's saying, well, just one day you're lying to yourself. Trump was testing the waters and it turns out, um, the waters are pretty damn warm. Here is what Trump supporters have to say about his claims to be a dictator. One of them told the Washington post this week, quote, I love it. My kids call me a dictator. I thought my parents were dictators. He said he was only going to do it for a day. Like if you had a home that was in disrepair and your parents came in and they were firm and they wanted to get it done. And when you got done, you had this beautiful home. How could you be mad? That actually sounds like a pretty traumatizing childhood. Yeah. You, you have issues that you need to work out with a therapist Please, for the love of God, don't pass that on to your kids. Although from your statement, sounds like you already did. But she started off again by saying, I love it. Hey, Trump says he wants to be a dictator. What do you think about that? I love it. Another Trump supporter said, I don't think he meant what everybody's saying, being a dictatorship. And and actually, you know, right now under Biden, that's probably what we got because he does what he wants to do. And he's not really listening to the voters. I also love how you didn't back that up with literally any evidence at all, because there's no evidence. Like Biden does what he wants. Like what? Like what? 
Give me an example. My inbox is open if you ever want to send me one. Then you had Republicans on Twitter, because I'm not going to call it by that letter. Uh, Gavin Mario Wax, leader of the New York Young Republican Club, said, quote, I want to go on record and say I am fully supportive of President Trump becoming dictator for one day so long as he works with the New York Young Republican Club on getting the best staging and optics. This is art. It's art. Getting rid of our whole system of government. This is art. Reed Cooper, 19 years old, a self-described number one fan of Trump, wrote on social media, I want to go on record and say I am fully supportive of President Trump becoming dictator for a lot more than one day. Told you. I told you. I told you the other day. The one day thing is going to grow. It's going to grow to one week. It's going to grow to one month, one year, and his supporters are going to love it all the way. And now, even though Trump hasn't progressed it to more than one day, his supporters are already like, let's do, let's do more than a day. They, they love it. Another one. I can't wait for the next Donald Trump dictator administration. Who agrees? Another one. Democrat leftards are going to be playing this clip from Sean, from Hannity of Trump until election day. Trump said he'll be a dictator for one day to close the border and drill baby drill. I can't wait. I love it. I can't wait. I want it more than a day. And then to make things even worse, uh, our good friend, David Pakman posted this message that he got from somebody who, you know, hates his show. Uh, let me read you this again. David Pakman shared this on social media on Wednesday. This person wrote to David Pakman and said, when the time comes, you will fall in line and stand before our glorious new King of America, Donald J. Trump, Trump, 2024, Trump, 2028, Trump, 2032, Trump, 2036, Trump, 2040, one nation under Trump. You will profess love on your channel for our King, or we will shut you down. That's what we're dealing with. For the record, I'm actually going to be filling in for David Packman again uh, next Friday, December 22nd. So make sure you tune into that. But that's beside the point. This is what we're dealing with. Trump can come out and say he wants to be a dictator. He wants to be the king of America. And rather than recoiling in horror at the thought of that, his supporters are cheering it on. I don't know what we're headed towards, but I can promise you it's not going to be the United States of America that we've known for so many years. If, and that's a big if, Trump wins re-election. Thanks for listening to today's Fair and Balanced Daily. Stay up to date with all of our content by finding us on YouTube at youtube.com slash fairandbalanced and follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at fairandbalanced. Balanced.